Welcome to House of Rams. Hello and welcome to the House of Rams podcast. We're using this format as a quick and easy way to find out what's going on in the club and hear direct from those running the show for us. We hope you enjoy this instalment. This podcast was recorded on Monday the 27th of July 2020. While we're in lockdown and the club is shut, but not for very much longer. We're opening up on Friday, so not too much longer to wait. I'm delighted to be joined today by club chair Tracy Wedd. This elusive lady has been avoiding me as best as she can, but I'm thrilled that Tracy has now taken some time out to have a chat with us today. But before we do that, I've got something that Tracy might need to explain. It goes something like this. There once was a girl called Tracy Lee who loves to watch and play rugby. I can play lock or prop and run till I drop. So come on, England, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Tracy, you're going to have to explain. Where on earth did, where did that come from? Oh, my God. How, how long ago was that? Um, this was a BBC-sponsored competition where you could win a training day with the England Roses. Um, and you had to write in 50 words or less on why you should be chosen and uh, so I wrote that limerick and uh, I, I won I won the competition so uh, so was it so just, you, yes. just you that trained with the ladies squad or was it more than no there was me and another girl there were two winners um, so we went to Loughborough Uni for the day um, with our kit as well so part of it was was watching them train uh, we had lunch with them and then we had a mini training session with Gary. So there was just us two and Gary. We did some ball skills with us. So was that, um, uh, Gary Street was the coach yeah, at the time? he was yep. the coach yeah. at the time. Um, and then we went back to watch the ladies play and train against the, um, the Loughborough guys team. So they were, the forwards were practicing their scrummaging against the, uh, the men's pack um, and line outs. Um, yeah, it was a great day out, a great experience. Excellent, excellent. So, so that, yes, that was my winning limerick. Yeah, so you've been bold, <laughs> quite quite bold in coming forward and making sure you get uh, some attention for our, our ladies and uh, and girls teams over the years. I mean, uh, you, ahead of this call, you did send me a little rugby CV that goes back to 2003, and it is littered with uh, sort of... Um, first tours ever to places like West or Norfolk and to Dublin, to uh, Milan uh, and to Ghent. I mean, I mean, there's lots and lots of tours mentioned here. But you were also captain of the Essex County squad at one point as well. How, yes, how did I that come about? Um, <clears throat> I represented Essex quite a few times actually. So the first season after I played for Harlow. Um, I was put forward for the Essex County squad and the Eastern Regional squad um, and was selected for both. Um, so I've played for Essex for a number of years. Then I had some time out when I broke my kneecap. And on my return, I went back to try and get back into Essex, uh, which I achieved. Mm. Um, and I also ended up captaining for one season. Oh, there we go, there we go. And you, so you also did some invitation uh, games. Is it the Stockholm 10 yeah, as well? Yeah, that's right. So when when I got into the Eastern Regional squad, the uh, there were two coaches there that um, took a touring side to Stockholm 10s every year. And they also entered in some other uh, competitions and tournaments as well. But 
particularly the Stockholm Tens was kind of the largest event of the calendar. So yeah, I was invited to play with them twice actually. Mm-hmm. So that uh, the first time was was pretty an amazing experience. Given that I'd only just found rugby, um, there were a couple of others from Harlow as well. So uh, yeah, we had a great time out in Stockholm. You could drop their names if you want. Don't mind a bit of name dropping on it. I didn't know I should name anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a secret. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Keely and uh, Sarah. Were, oh, okay. Uh, both we were all out in Stockholm and if you remember Foxy yeah yeah oh, yeah well. so uh, good stuff good stuff yeah and that first year that I went we uh, did really well we lost in the semi-final yeah uh-huh. that's good so that's a that's a it's quite a prestigious tournament really isn't it so yeah um, yeah invitation teams and uh, whatnot so yeah no, excellent well, well done for that but uh, now I like to think that we've both got a little bit in common because we, we like to work hard uh, but we also like to play hard and I think that that comes uh, across as I kind of alluded to a minute ago the number of tours you've been on is, is quite impressive um, and, and I've, I've organized most of them <laughs> so you pushed really hard <laughs> you've pushed very hard <laughs> to get to, to make sure that these things happen yeah indeed oh yes so and there's there's um yeah, I mean, the name I hear that seems to have come from the ladies' tours over the year the most is probably Pimp Nanny, um, and referring to <laughs> Helen Maddox. So uh, I've heard it many times, but I have no no idea how she got that name. Um, do, do you know? <laughs> well, it's quite funny because I had to uh, I had to talk to her the other day to confirm that I that what I thought was correct, and I actually got it wrong because I thought it came from when we were imbued, and I'm sure that. There was one night, um, there was a group, a, a smaller group, shall we say, that were out the late, the, the longest. They were, mm-hmm. they came back in the small hours of the morning and Helen was among them. And I'm sure I thought that she'd been named Pimp Nanny at that point because she was out the latest. She was looking after a couple of the girls and, uh, you know, sorting them out. <laughs> when I spoke to her, when I spoke to her, she said, no, it was from Milan, because Milan, um, we all went to uh, Stansted Airport dressed as uh, the mafia. <laughs> we uh, Our theme was the Italian job. So we were all dressed up in suits and, and hats and braces and everything. And I think it was, was then Helen thinks that that's when it, she became Pimp Nanny. She was, you know, the... The little pimp watching everybody, sorting everybody out, <laughs> telling everybody off, and uh, that it's just stuck, you know. And that yeah. was that's many years ago now. Um, <laughs> Indeed, I mean, so I mean, you you're not really from around these parts, are you? You you didn't you didn't grow up in in Harlow. Um, no, where, although I, it... I've I've lived here now longer than uh, than I've lived in my hometown, so that's a bit weird. Where's your hometown? Viewed in Cornwall. Oh, so is that why you went on tour there? You had some connections? Yes. Or? Well, yes. So my family is still down there. So, uh, yeah, my, my parents ended up entertaining us for afternoon tea while we were down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. And I can remember we uh, we spent the Saturday at the uh, Viewed Rugby Club. So we watched their first team play. And then, obviously, we joined them for um, for the social afterwards. Mm-hmm. And my parents walked into the into the rugby club, and I can just remember there was 
I think there was Foxy and myself and and Pimps and we were all sort of sat with our back to the wall so we could see what was going on and we'd sat my parents <laughs> right in front of us <laughs> so they could only look at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you do know that they'll be able to listen to this as well. So once I know. <laughs> <laughs> We thought like we were hiding them, we were shielding them from all the shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> so you've you've been uh, involved with the ladies' team and Harlow pretty much since you, you since you came up to uh, to Harlow from Butte. Um, so what 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 took you to the club the first time you you turned up there? Um, my son. So my son had been playing rugby at school. He was at Passmore's. Um, I can't remember the name of his teacher now, but he must have had some link to the club or even he just said, you know, Aaron's quite good at rugby. If, if you want him to progress, maybe you should take him to the to the rugby club. Um, mm -hmm. So. So, yeah, we took him down um, and he, I think he was in the last year of the minis. He must have been about 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. So we were there on a Sunday regularly um, and. This one Sunday he played at home and we were, we were sitting in the clubhouse at Ram Gorse. And I remember it was when the, there was a back room before that back room was opened out. Yeah. Um, and all these women went through with a kit bag and they were obviously going to go and get changed in that back room. You know, it shows how good the changing facilities were <laughs> and how far we've come. But hey, um, so all the girls went in and got changed. And I was like, oh, I didn't know there was a ladies team. So we stayed and watched them play and um, I was doing judo at the time. So, you know, the physicality of the sport, you know, seemed absolutely awesome given that I was happy, you know, fighting someone on a judo mat. So uh, that Monday I phoned up uh, Kelly, who's uh, captain, and said, you know, I'm interested in joining the team. I, I don't have any boots and... I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about rugby, really. And she was like, nah, just come down, mm -hmm. come down. And, you know, never looked back. So, Tracy, I understand you have a rather famous rugby relation from your, your, your time down in Cornwall. Do, who, who might that be? So, yes, I'm related to Phil Vickery. Oh, the my, major uh, ball. Yeah. yeah, so my granddad was Len Vickery. And I think that the connection is my great granddad and Phil Vickery's great granddad were brothers. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. so there is. So have you ever met Phil? No. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, there we go. Maybe one day. No. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Um, so you started playing uh, rugby through in the ladies' team there, and uh, uh, Kelly Cottrell, I guess, when you. Um, you mentioned Kelly earlier. who was the person that sort of was captain at the time and uh, and got you involved. Um, did you did you go straight into the team? Did it take take long to get to uh, um, to get up to speed? Um, no, not really. I was kind of thrown in at the deep end. I think I joined at the end of um, the season two thousand and four. I'd literally just rocked up maybe March time, so there wasn't much left. Mm -hmm. um, and they were just about to go away on tour to West Norfolk. So that's the only tour that I've not been on with the ladies. Oh, OK. Um, but yes, yeah, so so by the time that uh, September 2004, um, yeah, I was thrown in, in the team and we mm -hmm. got on with it, really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
And you, you mentioned that the, you didn't mind the physical side of it because you had a, a, a history in judo. You, you were pretty tidy as a judo fighter, weren't you? Is it called the judo fighter? Have I said that right? Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, you're a kind fighter. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. Close enough. <laughs> yes. Well, um, I got my first Dan theory and I was working towards my first Dan, but back then, you know, 20 years ago, it was really hard to go and fight for your first down because of the lack of females mm-hmm. around at um, you know regional grading so I really struggled with that I, I still don't have my first down completely I only have points towards it mm-hmm. okay uh, you, you, you've also done some work with the British Studio Association as well so yeah so once I get in, once I got involved with, uh, the, with Harlow Judo Club again that was because of my son Aaron he, mm-hmm. he fancied a go we t- took him along and you know, as with all these clubs, you, the parent starts volunteering. Mm. Um, and then I signed up with the British Judo Association to become um, a technical official for the Northern Home Counties region. And I did that for many years. So that was going around uh, various competitions and events, um, either as a tournament director, an assistant director, or as a, a table administrator. Um, mm. I did that for many, many years. So volunteering is really in the blood and uh, getting involved in in the things you enjoy, but also in the, the, the management and the uh, organisation of things. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You see a problem and then go, let's go and get it done. And uh, Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a doer. I, I'm not one of these people that sit around and talk about doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of uh, get on and do it. Yeah. Now, um, your, you and your husband, Weddy, got married, and that was a sort of a bit of a key moment in the club's history. First of all, <laughs> Weddy, Weddy seems to have done really well, <laughs> really well getting married on his birthday, so he's never going to forget your anniversary. Exactly, uh, that is the only reason he chose, he chose that date. <laughs> uh, and uh, it also, it, it, it spurned the rebirth of the Saints, as I, we heard on the previous uh, uh, podcast with... Um, Tasha Storm and Crabby and Winko, where um, I think Tasha was talked into being manager of the Saints again. Do you remember yes. any of that conversation, or were you just busy with the celebrations? Well, we were busy with the celebrations, but we were kind of told, right, this is happening, and, and it's all your fault. And it's like, well, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good but, stuff. Um, but, yeah. I mean, Weddy had been involved with the Saints uh, long before that, because... Um, after I'd started playing and we were around the club more, um, I think Brian Varney um, was trying to restart another men's team. That I think there were three at the club at the time, so he was looking to uh, start the Saints again. So there was him and John Gag and a couple of others. And uh, I, I kind of volunteered Weddy because I knew he'd played at, at uni and... Um, I knew he'd be up for it. So I'd, I'd said to Brian, oh, you know my partner will play as well um so he got involved i think that was as i say just a year or so after i'd started playing so when he got involved he helped out managing the team now and again and yeah did a few um, jobs at the club as well didn't he so yeah um and i first aided the team for many years as well i mean we had a great laugh we went away sometimes with 12 or 13 players Mm -hmm. um you know, it was a very sociable side and, you know, sometimes that there'd be forwards playing in backs positions and, and things like that. 
you know, they just were looking for a game of rugby with a couple of beers at the end of it. Uh, but yes, by the time uh, of our wedding, um, the, the team numbers had dwindled, you know, how, how teams have highs and lows and, you know, that they'd lost some players. I'm not sure that the Saints had fulfilled all their fixtures that year. So, um, you know, for the guys to have talked Tasha into taking on the management of it and talking some of the old, old players to come back and, you know, have another another game or two uh, that sort of helped with the the rebirth of, of yeah. the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. I do. So yes, a pivotal moment there. Pivotal in, 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 uh, <laughs> and 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 uh, when he was referred to in that previous co- podcast as the man with the chili vodka, but I think you know the history of why chili vodka. Uh, did it have something to do with um, uh, was it chili eggs or was it uh, jelly deals or something like that? Well, yeah, a mixture, to be honest. So um, Mark used to uh, run pubs uh, in Portsmouth and it it started off, you know, a long time ago, a group of Navy men who wanted something uh, spicy and pickled eggs led to chilli eggs, which led to chilli vodka. um, And that became a thing. And uh, once when he started playing rugby, I think it was him and Gaggy. Uh, we're having this chat about disgusting foods and, and disgusting drinks. And, as you uh, do, as you do. Yeah, yeah. as you yeah. do. And, you know, for Weddy, it was uh, it was jelly deals, you know, disgusting, never going to eat it. <laughs> and, and you know, it just eventually came on to chilli vodka and Weddy was like, I can make you something that you won't enjoy drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and chilli vodka was, was born. Yeah, I um, see. And it. has, I believe, has made many, many people a little bit ill at the club. <laughs> <laughs> and the other guys talked about becoming a, a chilli uh, tequila from from next season, but yes, uh, we've named you've it got tequila. Ch- tequila, there we go. There you go. Got a name and everything. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so you you clearly do a lot at the the club, but do do you have a day job and do you have time for it? <laughs> um, yes and no. <laughs> so so yeah um, yeah. I've always had a day job. I've always worked full time. When I first moved to Harlow, I worked for McMullen and Sons Limited in Hartford, the uh, family brewers, and obviously they've got um, lots of pubs around the area. Um, worked there for, gosh, nearly 20 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was 2017. So not only were we moving from Ram Gorse to Latin Park at the time, but I decided to change my job. <laughs> and, um, yep. <laughs> oh dear. So um, I now work in Harlow, um, and I'm in IT. So I'm a senior applications analyst, um, working for Lloyd's Pharmacy Clinical Home Care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I work full time. Um, I've actually, as I mentioned, I've got to do a bit of work tonight. Install some some new functionality into our business system. So. Um, obviously, I need to do that out of hours, hence why I should do it a bit later this evening. Yeah. I think we share so, some of the same qualifications. I noticed you had a Prince 2 and an ITIL qualification, which uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I have yeah. to say, I did the Prince 2, and it's boring as hell, but um, it, it is, it, isn't it's it? hard work, oh. hard work. So uh, that would, what real tough exam I took about 15, 20 years ago, I forget now, but oh dear, oh dear. So respect yeah. you for doing that one. So, <laughs> Thank you. Um, so... Um, you, you, your your rugby career's littered over the last 
well, 20 years now nearly. Um, are, are you still playing at the moment? And if so, when was the last time you played? I am still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so our last league game, I think it was in February, um, we you... played away at Blackheath and I think we lost badly. Oh, okay. <laughs> but Blackheath, Blackheath were going to go on and win our league had the league uh, had the season finished correctly. Okay. So they ended up coming second. But anyway. Yeah. So yes, I'm still playing, um, and quite impressively, I have had the privilege of playing with at least four of the girls that I've coached over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, which which is pretty amazing. I know. I think in one podcast, Paul, you were talking about playing with your boys. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully um, one day. Hopefully one day. They're not quite old enough yeah. yet, mine. But yeah, no, Christmas. You're, you're gonna have you're yeah. gonna have to keep going for some time, aren't you? Yeah, a little while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I've had the privilege now of, of playing rugby on the pitch with four girls that I I used to coach. So that's pretty amazing. I, I was really chuffed to do that. Mm-hmm. Now. I know you're not a rugby referee, but you're a netball referee and qualified as a netball referee. It's an it's an umpire, a netball umpire. Uh, umpire, yeah. I'm getting the terminology wrong today, and um, <laughs> yeah, but but uh, yeah. So you're you're a, a netball umpire, but you've never actually umpired a game. Is well, that right? that's right. So uh, they they had a surge um, in our netball uh, area to uh, try and, and get more umpires involved. As you know, as we do in rugby, we are always trying to uh, recruit referees, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, I went along and they were happy and they passed me, but I'm, <laughs> I prefer to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's the same for rugby. I prefer to play. So you've ne- never been tempted to get rec- uh, qualified as a rugby referee then? No. No. Me neither. No, I, no. I, I, always, I always felt I was pretty good at giving referees advice, and um, <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the, the being on the, the one receiving the advice. No, I think that you know they've got a really hard job to do, haven't they? And they're only ever going to please half the people on the pitch <laughs> and best. half the people on the sideline, aren't they? So, yeah. uh, no, yeah. that's not one thing I would like to uh, consider doing. So go on. What's what's better, netball or rugby? Because you're playing netball, you're playing rugby. Um, which one? Which one's better? Oh well, you know they're two totally different sports. Um, I do have to say, my my first love was netball. I play. I've played it since primary school. Um, I never had an option to play rugby when I was at school. Uh, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wish I'd found the sport younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm going to keep playing as long as I can. Um, netball will be the sport that I will probably be able to play longer. Yep. Uh, but that's if rugby doesn't kill me off first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, you've been – so let me let me phrase that a bit. So what, what is it that you love about uh, rugby? And then maybe we'll come to netball later on, or maybe we won't. I don't know. What do you love about rugby? <laughs> um, I think there's just something, something, something about a match day. You know, you, that nervous, excited feeling you get. You know, you've packed your bag, you're going to the club, you're meeting your mates, mm-hmm. and then you know that ball kicks off, and then you're into the the game, the whole physicality of the game, the tactics, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. You're you're all on the pitch together as a team. You're playing for each other. You're putting your bodies on the line for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, until until the whistle blows. 
but then it's not just finished you know win lose or draw you're then you know in the bar couple of pints of cider reliving moments of the game with the opposition the referee any spectators um you know that whole experience and obviously in all the while you're standing there and your body's slowly seizing up mm-hmm. and you're thinking are you going to be able to get out of bed the next day um that just that whole experience the the game the team camaraderie the social so you know so now you you want to to use all of that that you've learned and and uh, get other girls into it. I mean, you've been quite key in getting girls rugby off the ground, not not just in Harlow, but in some of your efforts with with other clubs. Uh, did you you started that back in two thousand and eleven? Was it was that when girls rugby was born at Harlow? Yep. And you uh, you ran some recruitment days. Uh, way back then and you had a few players you had to cluster with some other clubs to get things going yeah so along along the way we've had to do a lot of clustering and a lot of working with other clubs um it wasn't until we got to latin park that we actually managed to achieve um having three full teams playing out of of harlow yeah. rugby club is it three or is it i thought it was just yeah. under 13s and under 15s and under 18s. Oh, under 18. Oh, sorry. That isn't the the ladies team. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. No. So, so the girls. Um, so they don't have individual age groups like yeah. uh, everybody else does because obviously yeah. it's about numbers. So, um, 11 and 12 year olds play together. 13 and 14 year olds play together. And 15, 16, 17 year olds play together. I think I've got that right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's three girls teams, and you know, but. I mean, I started it. I, I started working on it. But if it wasn't for Neil Boggus, um, you know, we definitely wouldn't be where we were, where we are today. But Neil and I have spent many a, an evening down at Ram Gorse in the rain and the cold and wet trying to work out how we uh, mm-hmm. how we run a session with maybe four or six girls and, you know, how you adapt your drills on, on the hoof mm-hmm. to... Uh, make these things work teach these girls how to tackle how to catch how to pass um yeah so uh, i'm quite chuffed with what neil and i have achieved i think you should be quite proud of it i mean to go from well this our club 20 years ago didn't have a ladies team didn't have any girls teams at all and now it sounds like we've got four female teams running so um yeah that's quite impressive um, and we were even trying to start a second development ladies team before uh before covid yeah that would be our next uh, our next mission there's always something in the line of fire next next challenge love it yes definitely yeah. uh-huh. um so you uh, currently chair rugby at harlow uh, you were the first female chair in essex i think if it was it not wider than essex that you were the first female chair for yeah i think there was another um further up the coast somewhere i can't remember where Mm-hmm. But yes, one of the few anyway. So how have you found taking on that role? Well, to start with, I was very worried about what I'd agreed to do and you know, <laughs> how how important the role was and how it, you know, it was a men's domain. And, you know, I can just see all all our VPs and life members going, what on earth does she think she's doing? Um, but uh you know I, I kind of put that past me really um and and just try and get on with it 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a great team of people around me um, that um, know what they're doing. Uh, you know, we bounce things backwards and forwards off of each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just about identifying what needs to be done and then working out how you're going to achieve it, who's going to do what and delegate or do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I break it down and work through it. For example, this pandemic, you kind of think, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you, I, you didn't see that in the job description beforehand, did you? Dealing with no, pandemic, exactly. No. Nobody uh, told me about that. <laughs> yeah. So unthoughtful of some people, wasn't it? Just not, <laughs> Can you blame Brooke, Brooke in for that? Because you, you took on the role from him. Maybe you can blame him and say, you didn't explain yes, this to me. <laughs> yes, I think I will blame him. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've got an, a number of roles now. I mean, we, we talked about a little bit there about your your chairman role um uh, but you're also assistant safeguarding officer women and girls chair essex uh, women and girls committee member um there's, there's quite a lot on your plate there isn't there yes and that's actually a reduction in in roles um you know that they're the roles i'm looking forward to doing next season but previously i've been doing far more than that Mm-hmm. probably far more than what I should have been doing you know but I've I've been website administrator social media officer ladies manager um I've been fixture secretary I've been member secretary um I've kind of worked my way through different parts of the club to be honest so anyone taking on any role can come and have a chat with you and you can tell them how to do it yeah exactly to be fair I've, I've improved some of the processes so uh when I took on the membership role, um, I was responsible for implementing our new direct debit payment system. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also kind of introducing a, you know, you need to pay something to play rugby at Harlow Rugby Club. Mm-hmm. When I took it on, I'm, I'm not sure everybody was was paying what they should have been paying. And uh, I've made improvements to those processes. Mm-hmm. I think uh, throughout my term as membership secretary, I've I doubled the membership income um, and obviously increased numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've now handed that role on to Nina, to Nina Holmes, um, who is a uh, similar person to myself. She is a great volunteer to have on board. So uh, I'm sure she will continue doing the great work as membership secretary. She certainly covers some ground. I couldn't get by without her help. So uh, <laughs> she's my team manager for the under fifteens as well. So yeah, she's got yeah, a few roles she's, as well. She's mm-hmm. covering has yeah, she's covering a few roles as well now. So uh, I've literally just passed on a website administration to her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's taken that on. I, I managed to get Ian Rundle involved in social media last summer. Um, he's doing a brilliant job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so managed... A lot of people see that, don't they? You, you, yeah. You, you forget so that uh, this just goes wide. It's like you go so very wide, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I'm finally standing down as ladies manager as well now. So I am looking forward to turning up on a Sunday with my kit, having not organised a thing and just getting on the pitch and playing. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is your your biggest challenge in your uh, sort of chair uh, role at the moment? Well, at the moment, it's going to be coming back from this pandemic, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think you know this is going to be quite hard work for us now. I think we, you know, we were third, what we were third, fourth year into being at Latin Park, 
And uh, to be honest, it feels like we've gone several steps backwards now to have had to shut down the club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we need to get everyone back on the rugby pitch. Uh, we need to get everyone back in the clubhouse buying some beer. Um, but obviously all of it's going to be dependent upon the COVID secure operational restrictions really as to how quick we can move and and, yeah. and how that's going to pan out really. I just I so just I checked the uh, England rugby site to see if we'd moved from stage B to stage C because I think that no. makes it a bit different. But it hadn't moved, so that was. I was going to say. I, was, I had my fingers crossed it was going to change before the end of the month, and maybe it still will. But uh, um, but yeah, I imagine this is the uh, the biggest headache. Uh, but if I just put that to one side, um, sort of, you, you've got a long to do list uh, of things you want to get done at the club. Um, is there anything there that, that sort of you really want to get cracking on uh, that, that sort of you're being distracted from doing at the moment? Um, well, I think what I'm looking forward to is, as I've just mentioned, I've got rid of a lot of roles now. Um, I'm looking forward to concentrating on being chairman and for planning for our future. Um, you know, it's it's something that I haven't been able to dedicate time and resource too because I've been pulled in too many other directions and you know obviously firefighting things um so that's that's what I'm looking forward to obviously uh subject to being voted on it again uh at the next podium <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yeah, um, of course, yeah. mm-hmm. but you know there's 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 loads of uh things that people could get involved in we always need volunteers we always need help you know, anyone who wants to get involved and, and do stuff to help their rugby club. Um, and it's not just about coaching the kids on the pitch. Um, as I'm sure you're aware, Paul, off the pitch, there's an increasing amount of administration that we have to do at all levels. Um, you know, and sometimes I think there are too many of us covering too many admin roles. You know, you've got the likes of Tux, um, Nina, myself, um, you know, we could we could all do a much better job if there was more of us actively doing. So is, is there so, something that if you had that extra pair of hands at the moment, is there something that um, one of those roles or one of those jobs that you'd like to? Uh, to yeah. Help with? So, well, you know, ideally, I would like to look to offload my assistant safeguarding officer role. So, uh, if someone could do that, that would be great. We're also we're shorter members rep. We have been for a year now. Um, ben White is one of our members' reps, uh, mm-hmm. but we've got we've had a vacancy in the other one. So the the, the members' rep is a role on the executive committee to, yes. re- to and, represent and the members, isn't it? Yeah, they're also invited to the other subcommittees as well to uh, to get involved and uh, hopefully take on some tasks, take on some actions, and yeah, to kind of be a go between between the executive and our members. Um, to help sort of increase communications really yeah so if we were to jump forward five years what do you what do you think the club might look like in your ideal world in your vision of where we might be in five years time um that's quite a hard question but i kind of think you know if you look at how far we've progressed in the past five years how far we've come from Ramgorse to latin park um, as Pricey says, you know, a small corner shop to um, a massive hypermarket, I think is his uh, yeah. saying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been been amazing, but also, quite frankly, bloody hard work. Um, yeah. 
But if we can carry on moving in the same manner, um, increasing our player base, um, increasing our membership, increasing our revenue, um, you know, that therefore increases our potential to reinvest back into rugby, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, and just keep things going and keep things growing. Yeah. That well, would ultimately be my high level plans. Keep growing. Well, do you know, I mean, keeping growing is, is one of those ongoing challenges for a lot of rugby clubs. And I think we've got. Yes, some, some, especially, some... especially right now. Yeah, and uh, it's um, it, if we see all of the rugby clubs come out of the the COVID situation and keep going, I, I think there's lots of people around the rugby world will be able to take a lot of credit for for managing to do that. So, um, I yeah, it, keep keeping growing is is ambitious um, mm. at, at the very least, and it's, a lot of clubs are thinking about surviving at this point in time as well. So yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so um, Tuck sent out an email, uh, I think, end of last week, saying the, the, this is what's happening. The club's reopening on the 31st of July. But um, did someone say something about free beer in the, 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 the message as well? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we were just thinking, you know, we appreciate the season was cut short. Our, you know, all our rugby has been cut short. We just wanted um, a small sort of token of appreciation, a small thank you to our members for continuing to pay their direct debit for their membership, mm -hmm. you know, for, for supporting us and supporting the club, you know, in, in these times, because obviously it's quite hard for everyone. So, yeah, it's a free drink and, and you might not think, well, that's not very much, but, you know, have a drink on us and and thank you for, for continually supporting us. Well, you know, on the last podcast, Winco said at the end, when I asked him if we had unlimited <laughs> funds, he said we should have free beer. I, mean, I wasn't expecting well, things to turn around quite so quickly. But, uh, <laughs> so the, the, the club reopens are on Friday to, to members and their um, their households or, or people in their support bubbles. But it's going to look a little bit different, isn't it, as we go through um, uh, and, you, and you turn up. There's not going to be big groups of people singing and uh, talking at the bar and stuff like that. It's it's, it's going to look like many other pubs and uh, and clubs where social distancing is still key. Um, but we, we're fortunate enough to have the outside bar as well, so that's going to be open uh, as well. I guess subject to the weather. Um, yes. So it, uh, that's going to be open. Friday, is it Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays? Yes, and um, it will also be open on weekday evenings to support training. Okay. So if you get thirsty in the middle of a session, you can just pop over. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe after your session. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, and, I, and I guess, of course, this is all uh, subject to review. I mean, of course, the the, the, the guidelines could change. We, we, we've seen uh, some pubs have... Uh, be shut down and we've seen some pubs sort of be hit the news and uh, be fined and stuff like that and of course we're keen to uh, avoid that um, is, there, is there anything that people should be particularly aware of when they, they come to the club well yes I just think you know when you first walk in um, it's, it's not going to be the same as the last time you were in the club we're not all going to be standing at the bar hugging each other having a sing song um, Unfortunately, it's going to be um, a little bit less active than that. We are going to have to socially distance, sit down in our groups and remain in our groups. We can't move the furniture. Um, you know, 
it's it's going to be like every other pub but unfortunately it's, it's, it may not seem like our club uh straight away but obviously once once we get back in there yep. uh, i think we'll be fine we'll get we'll get used to it and we'll get going of course um yeah. so um what makes you what, what what really sort of what what inspired you to take on that chair role um and, and what do you feel most proud of that you've achieved in that role so far what inspired me um yeah. i was i was pushed into it i wasn't inspired <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> right. everyone else has said they've been absolutely inspired they've got i've got to get involved in this this is it and, uh, and has been by no means talked into it by someone <laughs> so um i was i was already on the executive i'd been a members rep for two years um i'd been vice chairman I was kind of quite happy, you know, just carried on doing that. But uh, yeah, it was suggested that um, I should become chair, and I was I was pretty gobsmacked to start with. But um, I knew they they realised that um, what my potential was, what I I can achieve. You know, I've already mentioned my achievement with as membership mm-hmm. secretary, things like that. So uh, um. Yeah, and some days I think I'm crazy, and other days, you know, I love doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If I could afford not to work and, you know, spend all my time working for the club, I would. But unfortunately, um, that's not quite how the world works. <laughs> not how it works, and I need, yeah. need to keep myself in wine and vodka. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <they're... laughs> Does that cost a fair bit then, Tracy? <laughs> Obviously, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't suggest it. Uh, so, so what makes you proud about the club? What what, what really sort of uh, makes you feel good inside when you're involved in doing these things? Um, I think it, it's the people, it's the members, it's the passion we will have for our club. I mean, I've been listening to your podcasts and listening to everybody speak about what we do at our club and and how everyone's involved and you know what we what we give to each other to the community uh, you know it's just amazing mm-hmm. yeah it's good. you do get that feel whoever you talk to whether it's on a podcast or uh, around the place i saw a guy i was out walking my dog um some people will laugh at that because i've got a tiny little thing that's probably I was going to say I didn't even know you had a dog uh, it's more of a mop than a dog but um, (laughs) uh, I bumped into a guy uh, Paul Rogers who used to be used to run the 445 team years and years ago he was just walking through the park and I I had no idea he lived anywhere near me or anything like that and just said stopped and said hello and everyone wants to know what's going on at the club and those conversations could happen absolutely anywhere with anyone um, and, and you know someone through a rugby club, and then all of a sudden you just your friends, you're having a chat straight away and catching yeah. up very quickly. And uh, I certainly can relate to to what you were saying there. And uh, it, it does, um, yeah, it is. It runs deep. Um, so I've asked everybody that's been on these uh, podcasts if you had unlimited funds what do you think the club should invest in and that's probably a little bit of an unfair question for you to ask you as uh, as chair but um if you if, if you could purchase something or build something for the club that, that money's a bigger uh, sort of inhibitor at the moment is there anything on your mind do you think that would be great if we could have that or we could do that 
Um, I kind of uh, think the same as what many other people have said. You know, I'd love to sort out all the lighting requirements. Um, I'd love us to have uh, some indoor training facilities, you know, additional mm -hmm. car parking. Um, I did like Prindy's idea of, of an academy. You know, I do think investing in you our like, young on, players. You, you like Prindy's idea. I think you might be the first person Maybe to ever I say have that. Maybe I should have said that out loud. Yeah, right, you, know, you know this is being recorded. And, you, <laughs> and I, that's it. I'm just going to get abuse now. So you I'm going to get... He can buy me a beer when he sees me in the club for saying that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 he better. He better. So there we go. So sorry, I, I, I didn't catch what you said after I liked Prindy's idea. <laughs> Uh, about an academy, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, there we go. I have to get back off the floor. And, uh, <laughs> so. I think, you know, mm. it's about reinvesting in rugby, mm. isn't it? Which is what I said earlier on. The, the, you know, the more money we can make, the more we can plough back into rugby and invest in our future. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm not so keen on an AGP, pit, AGP pitch. Um, I've played on one a couple of times and come off with more injuries them playing on grass but that's mm -hmm. my personal preference um mm -hmm. yeah that would be top of my list <laughs> no, no it, sorry there are um there's people who are in favor of them and people who are not and uh, uh i think you, you you've hit the 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 indoor training piece or having the ability to train in and um, in all weathers is really what underpins that a lot of the time uh, yeah, so why pay for okay. an ARP pitch when, you know, we could have an indoor centre that we could then lease out to netball teams, maybe? <laughs> or judo. There we go. Yeah. Or, or judo clubs, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so what are you looking forward to this coming season? I would just like to play some rugby, watch some rugby um, and have a beer at the club. And even, actually, I would look forward to going to a pre-match lunch and listen to one of Pricey's jokes. <laughs> and yeah, I know I that do. someone else, who was it? Was it Mansty that said yeah. that as well? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid I'm missing that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing when it's not there, what you miss, isn't it? It really is. I know, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> two, 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 two shocks in here. That one, you agree with Prindy, <laughs> and now you want to hear Pricey's jokes. <laughs> dear, oh, dear. Um <laughs> So, um, at the, Tracy, you're normally someone that says, oh, I can't stand public speaking. I don't want to do it. I had to really twist your arm oh, to get you on here to do really this. I really don't but, like it. But uh, I, I know it's not something you, you, you're keen on. You do re reluctantly. But I have to say, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you a bit more, to have this conversation today. Um, and, and you really have nothing to worry about. You just come across as the person you are. Um, and I think people can relate to that. And yes, standing up in front of people, reading the script um, or reading the words you've written down. Often it doesn't go according to plan when, when I'm doing it. Uh, when I'm doing it, sorry, I'm not talking about you. Um, but uh, they're, they're, yeah, I know it's a part of the role. But I'd just like to say thank you very much for, for coming on today and uh, to making some time to talk, through, talk us through uh, some of the things that are happening, a bit more about getting to know you. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the House of Rams podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and found it interesting. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please get in touch through Facebook or email me direct with your thoughts. If you'd like to appear on one of our podcasts or showcase what you're doing at the club, please email me on paulowenynan at gmail.com or contact me through Facebook. Watch out for our next release and thanks for listening.